0: Paul came to the Thessalonians with a message unlike anything they had ever heard before. Paul came and told them about the full and free forgiveness which had been won for them through the work of Christ. And this was vastly different from the works righteous religion that the Jewish leaders in the synagogues had been placing upon them. Hearing the truth of the gospel set them free from the burden of all of their sins. But with the burden of their sin gone, a new burden came in and took its place. But these Christians started to face severe persecution for their faith. So severe that it even got to the point where Paul and all of his companions had to flee from Thessalonica for fear of losing their lives. And because they had to do this, Paul feared what would happen to these new Thessalonian believers. Would the persecution lead them to believe that God was punishing them for abandoning the Jewish religion and for following the truth which Paul came and told them? Would the persecution uproot the seed of faith which had just been planted in their hearts? And so at the first possible chance he had, Paul sent one of his companions back to Thessalonica so that he could hear how these Christians were doing. And Paul was overjoyed when he heard that the Thessalonians had not only stood firm in the face of persecution, but they were also actively spreading the gospel. And so Paul wrote his first letter to the Thessalonians, praising them for their faithfulness and for their endurance in the face of persecution. But as the months went on, Paul continued to hear about the persecution that these new believers were facing. And so Paul decided to write another letter to them to give them even more encouragement. And in our verses for today from Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, we're going to hear Paul tell these Christians that the day was coming when God would come in judgment. And when he does, the tables will be turned. God will grant relief to his faithful believers And God will enact his punishment on those who have rejected the truth and who have persecuted his believers. And our verses for today begin with Paul telling these Christians how to properly view the persecutions that they were facing. This is evidence of God's righteous verdict that resulted in you being counted worthy of God's kingdom for which you also suffer. But facing persecution for your faith isn't evidence that God has abandoned you or that God is punishing you for anything that you've done. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. Paul says here that if you face persecution for your faith, this is actually evidence that you belong to the Lord. Now, Paul here isn't saying that facing persecution is what earns someone their way into heaven. Rather, what Paul is doing here is he's really correcting any sinful ideas that these Christians could have had that would have led them to believe that they were unworthy as a result of their persecution. And Paul corrects this thinking by really making it clear that your persecution is evidence that you are a believer. And so you will thus be judged as worthy on the last day. And this was a tremendous encouragement to the Thessalonian Christians who were enduring severe persecution. And after assuring them that they were worthy in God's sight because of what Christ had done for them, Paul then tells them that God was going to enact his justice in two ways. Certainly it is for God to repay trouble to those who trouble you. While on earth it might seem like those who persecute and afflict Christians will get away for everything that they've done, Paul tells these Christians that they're actually storing up for themselves something far worse than what they're currently afflicting you with. And the second way God would enact his judgment is to give relief to you who are troubled along with us. Paul tells these Christians that there is hope. He doesn't dismiss the hardships and the persecutions that they were enduring. He instead points them ahead of what was to come. That the persecutions and hardships you are currently facing will come to an end, and God will grant you relief. And relief is really an understatement for what God would do for them. He wouldn't come and simply just bind up physical wounds. No, God was going to grant them relief from all the effects of sin that they experience and feel in this world. That God was going to enact his judgment so that he would bring them into heaven where they would no longer experience any pain, sadness, or grief and where they would only experience peace, comfort, and joy. And Paul tells these Christians that the relief would come when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his powerful angels. But God has already set the day for this double judgment to take place. It will happen when Christ comes again in glory. That Jesus will make himself visibly present and he will arrive with all of his powerful angels. And while this day is only known by the Father, all Christians can look forward to this day knowing that the relief that has been won for them through the work of Christ is coming. And this is true for us. All of us can look forward to the day when Christ will come again, knowing that because of what he's done for us, that relief will be brought. But as we continue to live in this sinful world, It can be hard for us to believe that the relief spoken of here in these verses will ever be ours. Because as we continue to face persecution and hardship here in this life, or just simply are getting worn down by the effects of sin, there are all kinds of sinful thoughts that we can be tempted to believe. To believe that the persecutions and hardships we face in this life are unfair. Because if we have to give up so much in following God, then shouldn't he at least grant us some relief here and now? It's believe that we have no hope. Because if God can't grant, or if God won't grant us relief here in this life now, then can we really be certain that God will grant us relief from all of our sins in eternity? It's to believe that God is judging us as unworthy. Because after all, why else would God allow his faithful believers to experience pain and hardship unless it was to punish them for some sin they've committed? It's so important for us to hear the words from our verses for today so that with, with eyes of faith we can see our persecutions and hardships for what they truly are not evidence that God is judging us as unworthy or enacting His righteousness on us, but rather so that we can see them as proof that we are God's children. They are evidence that we know, believe, and trust in all of the promises which God has given to us. His promises to forgive us fully and freely through the work of Christ. And it's these promises that lead us to look ahead to that last day with hope, knowing that relief will one day come. Knowing that our salvation has nothing to do with how well we live our lives or even how well we endure persecution because we will always have moments of weakness. But to instead know without an inkling of doubt that we can be certain of our salvation and be certain in the relief that is to come because of Christ's perfect death on the cross, which paid for all of our sins. And we can look forward to the day of judgment, knowing that because Christ punished all of our sins on Christ, that God will judge us as worthy, as ones who have been washed through his perfect and righteous blood. And while we can look forward to the last day with hope and joy, we hear how awful that day will be for those who reject the gospel and who persecute Christians. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his powerful angels, he will exercise vengeance in flaming fire on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And what we see here is that there will be two groups of people who will face punishments on that last day. The first group are those who do not know God as he reveals himself in his word. And the second group are those who do not obey the gospel. And this is talking about those who know who the one true God is, who have heard the truth of the gospel message, and yet reject the full and free forgiveness which has been won for them through the work of Christ. And really, in the Thessalonians context, this was talking about the Jewish leaders in the synagogues who had rejected Jesus as the promised Messiah. And we hear that those who reject Christ and persecute Christians will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. Away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. They will face constant pain and torment. They will wish for their own annihilation and that wish will never be granted. And the full extent of their agony is that they will live in a place that is completely void of God's presence forever. Living in a place without even a glimmer of hope. And after speaking about the judgment that unbelievers face, Paul then returns to the judgment that believers will face so as to remind the Thessalonian Christians to stand firm. Christ will come and be glorified among his saints and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. But On the last day, Christ will raise everyone so that he can take his believers to be with him in heaven. And this will be the final act in God's plan of salvation. And when Christ comes, all believers of all time will praise and marvel at the one who has brought their salvation. And the reason the Thessalonian Christians could look forward to this day with hope is because, as Paul says, our testimony to you was believed. Knowing the message of what Christ had done for them is what would strengthen and encourage these Christians as they faced persecution even in the darkest of days. And the message of the gospel is what gave these Christians certainty in knowing that relief would one day come. And this morning as we hear about the judgment that we will receive as faithful believers of Christ and as we hear about the judgment that unbelievers will receive, it's kind of nice to know, isn't it? I mean, after all, the unbelievers in this world are finally going to get what they deserve. As you think about those who have personally attacked you for your faith, or as you think about those who openly speak about Christianity in our world today, they are going to face punishment. But it's God's reason for telling us about their punishment so that we can gloat over the judgment that they'll receive? Is God's reason for telling us about their judgment so that we can find comfort in knowing that they're going to face punishment for what they have afflicted us with? No. God tells us about their punishment so that we don't remain complacent. Really, God tells us about their punishment, not so that we are joyful, but so that we're filled with a sense of urgency and desiring to go and seek them out and to proclaim the gospel message to them. And if the thought comes into your mind, do you really think those people would ever come to faith? Don't you see how opposed they are to the gospel message? Let's not forget the example of the man who wrote our verses that we're looking at today this morning. That Paul himself used to be the most severe persecutor of the Christian faith. That earlier in his life, with every ounce of his being, he did everything he possibly could to stop the spread of the gospel and to persecute Christians. And yet when Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, he came to faith. And now we see that he is on the other end of things standing side by side with the Thessalonians, now willing, ready, and able to face any kinds of persecution that would come his way. And he was willing to stand firm in the face of persecution. And let's also not forget our own example. That there was nothing that God saw in you or me that made us more likely to come to faith. In fact, there was every reason why each and every one of us should have rejected and opposed the truth of the gospel message. Because each and every one of us is born with a sinful nature that makes us completely opposed and hostile towards everything that has to do with God. Really, God should have let us rot away in the filth of our sins and face the exact same punishment that we hear unbelievers will face in our verses for today. And the only reason that you or I have come to faith is because of God's grace and because of his mercy. That through the proclamation of the gospel, you have heard the message of what Christ has done for you. And through this very message, the Holy Spirit worked faith into your hearts, turning your hearts into a heart of stone that was opposed to God into a heart of flesh that is now filled with life. And if God could change even your heart, then God can change the hearts of all those who you proclaim the gospel message to. And as you go and do this, we pray that God work faith into their hearts so that they too can know of the relief that Christ has won for all. Paul came to the Thessalonians with a message unlike anything they had ever heard before. A message which spoke of free and full forgiveness, apart from anything that they have done, but fully through the work that Christ had accomplished for them. And a message that even promised that persecutions and hardships would come, not as a way for God to enact his punishment on them, but really as a way for God to strengthen his believers. And this message is what you and I have come to know, believe, and trust. A message that assures us that we have been saved apart from anything that we have done and that we have the certainty that on the last day God will judge us as worthy because Christ suffered for all of our sins through his death on the cross and he rose from the grave giving us the assurance that we will have life with him in heaven. Amen.